You are listening to Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast, episode 134. And this one will probably get into the audio thing, if I remember. But this time around, we're back to recording old school style, because really I might be moving around a little bit, but that's fine. We're going to make this happen. On this episode, though, we're going to talk Forbidden Door from AEW, the New Japan AEW Mix X, and then it'll be outside of that, story time with Carlos. I've got some stories to share. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. All right, I'm Carlos, and that's David. I do enjoy that theme. I know I've said that before, but every time I hear it, I'm like, Carlos made a good choice. Damn right I did. And there'll be more good choices and some questionable ones further in this episode. So before I get into story time with Carlos, because I am going to dominate the Orioles on this one. However, before I do, anything uh, you care to share or add, anything going on that you want to talk about real quick? Um, I, I actually have done something that I have never, well, technically done once, but like this is now there's profit involved. Mm. Uh, I took money out of my FanDuel account today. Whoa. So I, I had taken out the initial, the initial money that I had put in. I had taken that out basically as soon as I'd, you know, made the first bet and mm-hmm. made enough to take it back. Mm-hmm. And then now I've taken a an additional amount of money out while still obviously leaving some to, to play around and gamble with. So, you know, look at you having, you know, done better than break even. I'm okay with this. Look at you. Uh, did, did I tell you that I had a parlay, uh, that almost worked out? It was actually a random parlay they had. And I looked at it, I was like, that seems all right. But it just, it literally, I missed by one thing, but it was the dumbest thing of the four. Which was, a, which was, what were the four? So it's the four components in the parlay. And it was, right. uh, for the NBA finals. So okay. first one was the Warriors winning. They did. Okay, check. Second like the whole one, thing? Uh, the, the or game. the game. That specific okay. game, yeah. So first one, great, check. Uh, second one, Steph Curry getting at least, I think it was 20 or 25 points. And okay. I think he had 30 in that game. So that was, I think okay. this was the closeout game. This was the closeout game. All right, check. So, that, so second one, great. Uh, third one was, I want to say, uh, Andrew Wiggins, I think, is one of the players on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Andrew Wiggins getting four assists or more. That happened. Check. Last one. <coughs> Last one was Clay Thompson getting at least 15 points. Now, here's the problem. He got 14? No, he got 12 at the half. He had 12 at the half. And literally bricked like ten shots in the second half. He, he he wasn't close. I had a better shot shooting from here. Like he he I was like, you're actually a good shooter. What you had twelve points in the first half and you couldn't score three points in half of a game of basketball. Brutal. It was I, I was sitting there like I was looking at it. I was quickly checking. It's like okay, look, the Warriors are winning by quite a bit. They're playing really well, so there's a good chance they're going to win. Really, that's the only question here. Curry's got the points. The Wiggins has got the assist. Clay Thompson has 12 points at the half. I'm golden. No, I'm not golden. How much money did you did you stand to win if it had hit? Um, the I put in a little bit because a four parlay is always very difficult. Um, I think it was like 12 to one odds or something. It would have been like 130, 150 bucks or something. Yeah, still that's like yeah. Yeah, for like a 10 dollar wager, I was like, this was this would have been it was beautiful. I was like it was like. But it's like, of all the pieces, the piece that fell apart was you couldn't get three points in half a game of basketball. And you were playing. You're a starter. Yeah, and you. it's not like, you know, he had, like, a, a really bad first half, and you're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, right? I, I, it looked like he was going to be, it looked like I was going to cruise to that one. Out of the four out of the four elements, it looked like that one was the one I was going to cruise to. It looked like he was going to score 20, 25 points, and then no problem, we're done, and, like, easy. But, no. Nah. And, and here's the thing. Three free throws would have done it. All he would have done, had to do was go aggressively to the basket and get four free throws, and he gets three out of four, and I win. Yeah, kudos that's a very to, kudos to uh, to Fanduel though. They make some good they make some good bets on there. Yeah, it'll be interesting though to see how long they're going to keep allowing those. Um, because even after the initial, they gave me another bet for for the NH for the Stanley Cup final. Uh, that was another one shot bet. Yeah, this is after the initial one. So I was like, that, "Those are free money." So yeah, I've like, had I've had three of those bets since yeah. I've joined up, and so, there have been others that are similar. Like I know that um, <clears throat> my brothers, when he first joined up, there was one that was like, you know, the Jays get one hit or more. Yeah. Right now, again, that's less, you know, likely than the one shot, but still pretty likely that they're gonna, you know, it's it's you know, a no hitter is rare, so it's pretty likely it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um. But he was telling me that his girlfriend, uh, she only ever makes from when they, whenever they joined, I guess she basically only makes the free money bets. 
mm-hmm. and has pulled out over 300 bucks from it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You can because they put a limit. They put a cap on how much you can do. But it is... Um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how long they keep those going because like, they're good to keep people in the game, so to speak, to keep them around. For but sure. um, it, it is kind of an interesting move. Anyway, well, we'll see. So that's fair enough. Okay, uh, a couple of quick stories. Wait, 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 wait. You want, so you want me to take your money? Yes, I will. Yeah. So uh, I'll skip the work stuff because uh, okay. that isn't as interesting. But you uh, have a shoe story. I do. So uh, I went to Nike.com this past week. Uh, I think it was the end of last week, maybe this week. End of last week, I think. Anyway, bottom line. So I go to Nike.com. Their shoes? No. Woo! Focus. No, focus it. So I go to Nike.com. Mm-hmm. Now, I double check. I'm going to Nike.com. Uh, I go in and I, I go, I see I was going to get a pair and I, was, and I saw some more on sale and whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and one of the models is the Jordan 11. That's a famous model that was kind of the patent leather uh, one. Uh, I thought they were all right. But what they've done is they've reimagined them a little bit and adjusted some of the materials to a more modern spec. And they call them the uh, Jordan Comfort Series. So basically, they just made them a little bit, maybe the sole a little bit softer so that they're better walking shoes. Because the Jordan 11s are supposed to be basketball shoes. But they're not comfortable by today's standards. But I don't play basketball. But as a comfort shoe, it's fine. So I saw one that I liked. I said, okay, great. I'll buy that. So I bought it. Great. I get my notification, confirmation. I'm getting my shoes sent to me. Great. Now, I go and I check the tracking just to see. And they say, oh, it'll be like next Wednesday. So next, this upcoming week, supposedly by Wednesday, I'll get it. So they're sending me by FedEx. So I check the tracking. Would you care to guess where they are shipping me these shoes from? Uh, Mississauga? No. Kuala Lumpur. No. I don't know. I, it's either like I feel it's either super close or ridiculously far away. It is far away, but it's still not a place because I tested my chat. I did my live chat on my live stream. I was curious if any of them could guess, and they came up with different places and whatever. No, nobody got close to it. The Netherlands. The new the shoes were sent to me from the Dutch. Should be some good shoes. Now. There's two reasons why this is funny. First of all, the fucking Dutch. Really? <laughs> so, so that's the first thing. And also, and also, frankly, they owe me after no hitting Team Panama. Because Team Panama was no hit by the Dutch. Burt Blylevin had better personally have sent me the fucking shoes, Dave. He might have. They might be he owes hey, me. Dude, could you imagine you open, they come and you open the box and they're autographed by Burt Blylevin? As they should be. But second reason I thought it was funny. Uh, the Netherlands uh, is known for a variety of different things, but specifically one of the things they're well known for is uh, metal bands. For whatever reason, they got a lot of metal bands. So we got the, the you know the Dutch metal bands. And the thing is, earlier in the week, I got a, ma- a package from Amazon for a couple of things I was ordering, but one of the things I was ordering as well that I came with it was a CD for Epica, which is a Dutch metal band. So I made the joke while I was laughing, while I was saying, I was like, so, so y'all are going to throw some metal uh, CDs in the, with the shoe, in the shoebox? You may as well, like, since you're there. Yeah, Burt Blylevin autographs and metal CDs. Can, can I get, just, can I, you know, can you guys... throw in a pair of clogs as well and some weed, because why not? Look, y'all y'all owe me anyway, so can, can I get some Epica? Can I get some Nightwish? You know, throw some in there. You know, bring me my Burt Blylevin autograph. Like, you know, hey, Carlos, sorry about that. It's like, here's a brownie I made. Uh, yeah. Burt? Yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave that for. I'll leave that for somebody else. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I just thought it was so random. I was like, the Netherlands, really? Okay, that like that is not where you would expect those shoes to come from. That was my point. I said, like, okay, if I gave you time and I gave you a time to guess, it's like, how long would it take before you come up with the Netherlands? A long time. That's what it. So apparently, Nike has a European distribution in the Netherlands. I guess. I, yeah. I, I did no, not I would figure it would come from. Either it would come from North America or it come from Asia. There's a ton of ports that I would have thought of first. There's a, there's a bunch of them that would have come to mind well before I ever got there. Uh, but anyway, so now, so now you know I'm getting a pair of shoes from the Dutch. Nice. So that is story number one. Now, number two. Uh, when, uh, when I was doing the, um, the live stream uh, today, so what happened is I did a live stream last night, a uh, usual live stream that I do. Uh, the chill the live stream. Yes, the, the chill live stream. Did the usual thing. Uh, late in it, uh, early morning, late evening, I got a message from uh, from a buddy uh, who was uh, doing a who's doing an episode of um, of a live stream this uh, today that is part of a bigger event called Hobby Palooza. They're doing this whole thing, whatever. They do a bunch of different uh, live streams one after another on the same channel with different people hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had an hour that he was hosting as part of it, but he hadn't uh, set up anything. So he goes, "Hey, can you come on and like give me a hand and you know we'll come up with something?" And I go, "Yeah, yeah, fine, that's sure." So uh, that was this afternoon. So I said, I come on. 
And we ended up talking about a bunch of different things. I talked about vintage baseball cars, usual kind of thing that I like to talk about and that because it's nice to get away from hockey a little bit. But one of the fun things towards the end is I had a little bit of fun poking fun at the traditional, uh, the Mike Trout thing. Uh, and it was funny because when I finished, uh, you know, one of the guys who's sitting there, they, they know about my Mike Trout thing. It was, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that I kind of just agreed with everything you said, because he's one of the guys who said Mike Trout is like a Hall of Famer right now, no doubt, you know, with nothing else. He goes, yeah, I kind of agree with your points. They made a lot of sense. And I go, I know, that's what's scary, isn't it? And I did have a moment that was very funny for me where I said, well, would you like to ask? It's like, it's like, you want to ask the question? It's like, it's like, oh, which one? It's like, because a lot of people ask me, how much of the Mike Trout hate, hate is, is shtick versus how much of it is me being serious? It's like, and I, and I said to him, and I, and I told him, and I said, all right, I'm only going to do this one time because this is not my channel. So this is not canon. This doesn't count. <laughs> so anything I say doesn't count. Uh, so basically, I, I laughed because I told because I basically laid out the more reasonable response to a lot of it. And then afterwards, they're like, that's really reasonable. It's like, it's like, I don't, I don't know what to think now. It's like, hey, it's not canon. Sorry, it doesn't count. <laughs> that is story number two. But it's now out there. It, 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 it I, I, I don't acknowledge it, man. People can find it though, Carlos. That, listen, you're, you're all unauthorized fan art kind of, you know, things. Don't count, man. Sorry, doesn't count. Not real. It's like, but Carlos was like, eh, fake news, buddy. Although, hey, story, okay? Just uh, speaking this, of the art. You have to follow it with, eh? What are you, the penguin? Eh? Go ahead. Anyway, Go. Um, Tony Storm liked my drawing of her. I'm sure she did. She said, oh, an eight-year-old child drew this. This is adorable. Oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway. All right. Story thrice. All right. So I've decided to add a new a new character to my uh, to my to my hate to my hateathon, uh, and it okay, came so by. This is like up there with Mike Trout and Tom. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was great. But, but the thing is, I didn't initiate it. It was very so random. Before we add this, who all is on the list so far? Let's just well, clarify that. Right now, it's Tom Brady, Mike Trout, and pretty much my my new person here, um, okay. because everybody else is like they'll come and go, whatever. But I think this one will be fun if somebody else brings it up. I'm sure someone will. But it was very funny for me. Um, so we were talking towards the end of the live stream. We were having a chat about, um, you know, Hockey Night in Canada, kind of uh, talking about how it switched over. I don't, exa I don't remember exactly what precipitated it, but I know that the Hockey Night in Canada was the, was the precursor to what came up. And somebody in the chat put in, uh, basically, they said, oh, man, Hockey Night in Canada wasn't, um, you know, wasn't as good after Don Cherry left. And I, and, I, and I saw the comment. As soon as I saw the comment, it's like the smirk comes across my face. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, it was better because Don Cherry sucks. <laughs> it's like all right game on Ugh! now i'm ready let's do this so then i go hard on don cherry i kill this man it's like oh man i plan to have a celebratory live stream when he dies because it's like no it's like, i've never thought much of don cherry i think he sucked as a coach i think he sucked as a player i think he sucks as a broadcaster and as an entertainer he's trash i did in fact mute don cherry's coach's corner because i thought he was a senile old bastard and like no i'm glad they got rid of him because frankly he's a senile old bastard I have no use to Don Cherry, but it was funny watching one of the guys that I had on there who was a big fan of, like, you know, Cherry and a lot of hockey stuff. He's like, oh, oh, and I was going, ha, 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 ah, you crushed you. What's that? I said you crushed him. I did. I did. And as usual, uh, the soul crushing is, uh, is what, fe is what it feels is what like you work. It, it really is. It really is. Now, question. Mm. You, you listed three people. Is Ruben Rivera not on that list? Isn't he already dead? I'm pretty sure he's still alive, Carlos. But he's a Rivera. Isn't that like already death? You know what? You know what's crazy? Actually, I just looked this up because I want to make sure I had the name right. Yeah. You know, he's only 48 years old. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Born in 1973. Fair enough. And well, you know what the funny thing is about his Wikipedia page? This is this is his, his the line on the World Baseball Classic. Hmm. This is all it says. Rivera played in both the 2006 and 2009 World Baseball Classic for yep. Panama's national team. Mm -hmm. He's a combined three for 16 with one home run and five strikeouts in both tournaments. Mm -hmm. That's all they say. I was like, but they're missing the most important part of him in the World Baseball Classic. I think they, I think they, I think the Rivera family scrubbed it. I think it's a conspiracy, Dave. It probably is. <clears throat> in fact, that probably was written by Mariano Rivera. Probably, yeah. It's, it seems like a, it's a secret cabal of my enemies. I can only assume Tom Brady, Mike Trout, and Don Cherry are now getting around a room and say, Rivera, join us. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, we will scrub your history. It's like, what can, can we scrub this other part? It's like, well, no. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, 
Tom over there has been doing all this stuff, but Carlos can still discredit him, even with all the Super Bowls. I keep winning these Super Bowls and he still discredits me. How does he do it? And then one other person in the corner pipes up, because he's Carlos. Shut the fuck up! See? But I mean, part of it is just a joy for you. It really? Dave, if nothing else, you should be. it should be abundantly clear that I derive so much joy. As Dave chokes to death. Sorry. But the thing is, is that it, it's, you know, trolling people is always more fun the more they get invested in it, right? Mm. When you're just like, you know, if, if you always said, you're like, yeah, Tom Brady sucks, and they're like, yeah, I agree, that would be the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right, but the more they're like, "No, Carlos, you don't understand. It's the greatest person in the history of life. He's the best athlete." And you're just like, "All right, it's like knuckles crack." Ah, here we go. Yeah, pretty much. And that is uh, that. Basically, my it became the running joke on the channel. That's kind of how I built my brand. Is like <laughs> taking on the Trout and Dodger. The problem is, I've done such a good job with the with the Trout and Brady thing that yeah, they'll bring it up just to just to set up a segment to have some fun with it. But at this point, they're like, yeah, "You're making some points, though." <laughs> like some of your points make a lot of sense it's like oh no that's the best part the best part is that i'm not i'm not just making shit up out of left field actually can i make a segue from this go ahead okay this is something we didn't plan to talk about but I, but i'm jenny mccarthy no you're undying love dave steve okay sure okay because i know your hatred for war yeah which i share mm-hmm. but the the um dorktown dave steve documentary yeah they used it a lot yeah basically their whole argument is war uh, well, they, they, for Steve, they needed to use... So here's the thing. Um, I still don't like war because it removes context. That's always been my main bone of contention with it. My number one thing. Um, for pitchers, it's weird because with pitchers, there's an element of luck to it that even more than hitters. Because, well, you can pitch... Like, you know, all the no-hitters, the, all the near-no-hitters that he had. There were some of them where it's like he actually threw a good pitch... It went, hit a grounder that probably should have been the third out. And that, that one, like that one that, you know, bounced like on yeah. the cutout, like yeah. twice. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. unreal. Yeah. And th- at that point, it's just bad luck. Like, you really can't account for it. Like, technically speaking, the pitcher did nothing wrong on that play. There was nothing they did incorrectly. They, they set up basically the batter to do what they would have... If you draw it up and be like, hey, do you want to induce a ground ball for the last out? Yes, that would be ideal. Let's induce the ground ball for the last out. Like, outside of striking the guy out, that's that's one of the best outcomes. For sure. So, like, he got the result he was looking for, but did not get the result he was looking for. Um, so I understand why they did it. I, to me, it's become a crutch to for certain players, obviously. But it's hard to argue that Steve didn't actually contribute to winning games. So maybe this would be the way I present it. I almost feel like war makes more sense for a pitcher. Because sometimes there are elements outside, literally outside of your control that prevent you from winning a games. So the win total is more complex. Whereas a hitter, you hit the ball or you don't hit the ball. You get credited for hit. You don't get credited for hit. You drive in a run. You don't drive in a run. It's a lot more black and white. As a pitcher, you could pitch well through seven innings or eight innings, give it up to the bullpen, and then the closer blows the save and you lose. Yeah. Or you get a no decision, sorry. You get a no decision. Yep. Yep. Um, and what happened? Well, somebody who's not you lost the game, or maybe you left a runner on base. They inherited the runner. Maybe it's a tie game. The guy gives serves up a home run, a two-run homer, and you lose the game. You're credited with the loss because it was a tie game and that runner was yours. But you didn't make the pitch that resulted in them scoring the run. Yep. So you did not have control. You relinquished control at that point, but you still get punished for the batter because the other guy threw a pitch, a meatball down the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I'm not going to completely absolve war in that sense, but I guess for pitchers, I'm a little bit more willing to give it some credence, only because the win-loss record for pitchers is notoriously fickle. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. If, if you're a batter and you hit... The, uh, th- you think the Veterans Committee will ever put him in? It's going to require no. a lot of debate. It's going to require a lot of argument. Um, because it, the problem is we've been separated enough from it if you take a guy who was around in the 80s the problem is that steve didn't get enough airtime you didn't see him and because he didn't have the world series accolades what helped jack morris eventually was oh remember the 91 world series yeah we have footage of that we can see him pitch in the 91 world series and outduel a young john smoltz that was peak jack morris at the peak of his powers jack morris was a big game pitcher he also served up and gave up a ton of runs that was his deal high era 
he found a way to win because he'd just hang in there. He was just a grinder. He would just keep grinding away at it. Steve's peak, his apex, was shorter. That hurt him. But his apex was better, arguably, as the documentary makes the point. So that those are the conflicting things. I, uh, I, I want to say this. For when it comes to this kind of discussion, there's so much nuance, it's a complicated answer. Normally, I like being able to say definitively yes, no, this, that. Mike Trout sucks. Tom Brady's overrated. Don Cherry blows. Uh, you know, the, these are easy, but the, the, the Dave Steep thing is a difficult one just because of the nuances involved. Yeah. Now, of your, your trifecta, hmm. which really should be a, a, a quartet uh, with Ruben Rivera, but hmm. all right, who, who is, who has, who is the most hatred reserved for? You actually assume I hate one of these people? Well, in like the, you know. So you're saying what's the, what's the, the power rank? What's the yeah. power rankings of, of you yes. know, my, my, my exactly. disdain? My, the power exactly. rankings of my disdain. Exactly. Yeah, because hatred's too strong. Hatred Fair would enough. give a lot more credibility to them. It would, they would, Don, you know, uh, Don Cherry, Tom Brady, or Mike Trout would put up a trophy on their wall saying, Carlos hates me. They would be a source of pride. that They're like, oh man, he knows who I am. He acknowledges me. Like, those guys in their lives, they're empty, vapid, worthless lives. All three of them. Moving on. Out of all their, you know, their awards that they take pride in, they sit there and like, but it means nothing if Carlos will not acknowledge me. And that's all they want in their, in their empty, vapid lives. Awful. Just awful. But uh, if we're going to rank them, um, ooh, uh, I'm going to go Brady first, uh, Cherry second, and um, let's see, Cherry second, and yeah, probably put Trout third. Uh, just because like Trout's just kind of there. He's kind of bland. He's fun to make fun of because of the war thing. Uh, Cherry just really sucks, but I could mute him. And he was really only in coach's corner, which is funny because he was a shitty coach. But Tom Brady is really the kind of just there in your face, and he's still playing because, you know, he's Tom Brady and he has to ruin fun. Fair enough. So I think Tom Brady has to be number one. Well, I, think I would agree. Tom Brady has to be number one, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he has to be. Like, at this point, like, he's still around. And I even gave him a fitting, a moving tribute. I gave him a moving tribute where I show his greatest moments. Throwing interceptions being tackled out of his mind, throwing an iPad, sorry, a Surface tablet. His greatest moments. It was wonderful. You saw, you saw you the video I did for him. You saw the video I did for him, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it was moving. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. And now that worthless bastard comes back and ruins the whole thing? After I put in so much work, Dave, that disrespect of this man, the disrespect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indeed. All right, cool. So uh, let me think. So those are three good ones. So the Dutch owe me shoes. More uh, trout slander, uh, traditional live stream. Love it. And uh, yeah, and uh, and Don Cherry joins the illustrious list of people that I make fun of when the time is right. So pretty good, pretty good, pretty solid. All right. Shall we, so we forbidden door? Yeah. So I, what I think we should do for this is mm. I will. I brought. I have the card up. So I will go through the card, but before that, and then we can just talk about each match individually as much or as little as we need to. Go on. Uh, but first of all, I would mm. like to know your overall thoughts on this idea and, and this uh, pay-per-view as a whole. So the cross-promotional supercard is a classic trope. Uh, AEW has really brought it back into prominence because back in the day, there used to be a lot of like super, the old NWA used to do some super cards and stuff. And there were some other organizations that used to do. It's a very fun way of mixing it up, giving people their dream, you know, their super matches and stuff. And New Japan still has a ton of talent. So it's one of those things. I like the idea. It's also a different, it's a change of pace. AEW has been able to incorporate a lot of their own stuff into it, which is really good. Uh, very smart of them to do. I think there will be, because it's not, it's one of those things. It's canon. So this is a situation where it is canon, but at the same time, since it's kind of a special show, it's going to create some weird dynamics. And when we get to a couple of matches, I'll point out exactly where I think it's going to create some weird nuances. But as a precursor, just to say, it is canon, but it's also a little bit weird. It's a special thing on its own that's going to create some weird and interesting dynamics. Okay. And now on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being, you know, I know everything. How familiar are you with New Japan? Oh no, uh, I know a little bit, but I've only sp I've only kept like you know vague touch with them. I've watched, I've kind of tuned in and out, but like I can't follow another complete organization that's on the other side of the world. 
Um, I, I've seen some of the Wrestle Kingdoms over the years, the last couple of years, um, when Jericho was doing his little run there, when he was coming back and doing a couple of, when he was the pain maker and he was doing all that. That was fun. Uh, I think Moxley had a little thing there as well in uh, Wrestle Kingdom and such. Uh, so I kind of would monitor it when some of those guys would go over. But for the most part, I don't pay too close attention to it. I know a little bit about Jay White prior to the AEW thing. Not too much, but I know a little bit about him. Um, but it's been interesting, you know. All right. So let's talk. And I, I, I agree with a lot of that. Like, I don't follow it at all. Yeah. But somehow I know a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So that's always good when you know, you know, I can, I, you know, on certain things like I'm familiar with, and then obviously people talking about it as well. But I, I, this, this, I'm going to order it too. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, and, and it should be good. So yeah. let's see. Hopefully, although the injuries in a few places make this not as appealing as in some ways. Anyway, I'm going to go, I'm going to go from up to like from the bottom of this list to the down. But here we go. Yeah. So the buy in. You have Max Caster, Billy Gunn, and the Ass Boys, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, versus Alex Coughlin, Yuya Amara, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. Mm. I think it'll be a fun match. I don't know any of the people in the second half of that list of names you just gave me. I have no familiarity whatsoever. However, Max Caster and the Ass Boys are entertaining. Billy Gunn is having a, a ball. He, he, he is legitimately like, he's trying not to laugh three quarters of the time like he is playing along with with max caster and you know anthony bowens and their stupid nonsense and he's literally just rolling with it he's billy yeah. gun he's like well, he's mean, like 55 years old he doesn't what? give a crap he's just you know and it's nice to see people who are just loving what they're doing like you know they're just out there having fun and they don't really care about anything else yeah and that's well, billy, billy gun right now he's, he's like, like give me tell me what you want me to do i'll go do it and have a good time yeah well the thing is billy gun's almost 60 years old he is he's shredded for like a 58 59 year old like he's stupid Absolutely. shredded um he is literally the biggest guy of that entire group because he's 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 enormous like he's a large human being but that's what's funny about it and but the thing is at the same time he doesn't give a shit it's like it, there's nothing he can do good bad or indifferent there that's going to hurt his reputation in any way shape or form his reputation whatever it is however much you like him or don't like him is solidified already his his legacy is with you know the road dog and the tag team success they had uh, and his association with DX, so that's that's intact. He otherwise he's Billy Gunn, and he gets to go out there and do that thing, have some fun, laugh, and do it with his kids. He's just having fun. Like, like he's like whatever, guys. We're, I'll come out here, I'll do this. Yeah, and he's basically like a glorified manager, but he doesn't really interfere with the manager or anything. He just kind of enjoys it and just watches it. Yeah, he's probably like, he's probably getting a kick of the whole thing. Involved in the entrance, and that's about it. Yeah, which is fine. Guess what? He doesn't need to do anything. He just goes out and has some fun. He's probably sitting there laughing. He's having a good time just watching. He goes, ah, kids, you have some fun. Go do it. For sure. And yes, I also, again, sure, it would probably be fun. I don't know who any of the other people are. So, moving on. Next match, also on the Mm buy-in. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kenumaru. El Desperado. Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't think it's the same guy I'm thinking of. El Desperado. Oh, he's, he's Japanese. Okay, gotcha. Okay, never mind. Oh, by the way, uh, here's a little side benefit. Here's a little side thing. El Desperado was born the same year we were. Nice. Hashtag old. <laughs> uh, but no, good. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of those, um, a lot of those wrestlers, honestly, are very, are very solid. Um, well, repeat the matchup again. Uh, give me the names again. Oh, Swerve Swerve. Swerve. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Apparently, yeah. I can't say it without saying Keith Lee first. Yeah. And versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Got it. Okay. So, um, I think the Lee and Strickland uh, match uh, tag teams thing is going to be interesting, but I think they're going to go solo soon. I'd be curious to see how much longer they hang in there. I don't think they're going to do any kind of breakup angle or anything on this show, although they did tease it earlier. I don't think this would be the time to pull the trigger on that on like a cross promotional show, but you never know. This could be their impetus for it. If they uh, yeah. Want to do something's going to happen on the show. Right. And it's, it's going to be yeah. interesting because the the thing is, I'm curious to see this, not necessarily with this, not necessarily with the buy-in matches, but the other ones, because every match on the card, I believe save one mm-hmm. uh, is an interpromotional match. Yeah. Right, so it it will be interesting to see how many you know how often does New Japan win versus because I don't think you're gonna do a cross promotional thing where one promotion wins every match. I think it's fair. 
Yeah. Right. To, so oh to God. see which ones is, you know, which one is New Japan going to win versus which ones are right. And I think, you know, some of that can be done in the buy-in. Like, I have no idea because I don't think it's going to, for a buy-in match, right? Like, who wins, who loses is not going to hurt you. Right. And I no. think, I think you're probably right. I doubt they would do a breakup angle on the buy-in. Yeah. I feel like that's for, say, for a TV angle or a more traditional in canon AEW pay-per-view. If you want to do it, that makes sense to have it on like the next uh, big show or even a special, even a TV special, like another, not blood and guts necessarily, but if you've got another theme show like that and you want to put a little spice on it, that might be a better time to do something like that if you want to throw that out there. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right. So now moving into the card, and again, these are in no particular order because yep. I don't know what order they're going to be in. Sure. So the Young Bucks, Al Fantasmo, and Haku's son versus Sting, Darby Allen, Shingo Tagagi, and Hiroma Takahashi. I did not realize in doing this that this is all going to be about, you know, where is Dave's uh, Japanese pronunciation at? And it's not, it's not a good place. <laughs> it, it's right in the same place as Don Cherry's sin, uh, you know, sanity, not existing. Uh, you know what? Personally, I'd like to think that I can say, uh, you know, Hiromo Takahashi a little bit better than Don Cherry could. I, I think you can speak the English language better than he can after a brain injury. Anyway, this so, this match to me, um, I like it. Uh, like You know, the Young Bucks are going to give you some entertaining. Um, Darby, I worry for Darby Allen because that man has, I, I, I think he has a death wish. He does have a death wish. Uh, Here's the thing I'll say. I honestly don't want to spend too much time analyzing this one. I'll be no. blunt. I think the match is going to be good. I think everybody's going to participate. I think they have a lot of respect for each other. Sting has a ton of respect in the industry. I think I think they're going to try to find him a good spot to do some interesting stuff. I think it'll have some fun. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't try to do anything crazy, but they've been very controlled about that. They haven't gone too far off the deep end, so I'm happy. Maybe it'll do a splash off something, which will be fun. I think it'll be fine um, because they've been con- good about being controlled about that. I think Darby Allen will try to kill himself. That's what he usually does. The Young Bucks will have some crazy spots in there because that's what they do. Um, it'll be a fun match. Um, your positioning on the card will be critical because this will have this will be a match that will have a lot of speed at certain parts of it and then slow down a little bit and then recapture the speed a little bit again. So you're going to want to be very careful where you place it on the card. You don't want to put too many speed matches, then try to stick this in there and then try to suddenly slow it down. It's going to be weird. Pick your spot carefully with this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, in some ways, I feel it does have like popcorn match potential to it as well. That's what I said. Like, I think it'll be okay as long as they position it on the card correctly yeah. where tony khan positions this on the card you can make it better or worse depending on where you place it on the card here agreed 100 yeah. yes all right next chris jericho sammy guevara and minoru suzuki versus eddie kingston wheeler utah and shota umuno you should have said lay sex gods because come on uh sammy guevara and Chris Jericho, lay sex gods live they ride again Apparently. uh they do uh that'll be a fun match yes. like uh, chris jericho and sammy are okay suzuki not so much yeah well well the thing is the lasex gods is those two <laughs> that, that was their tactic so um so fair enough you know whatever uh and i'm sure take on will be around um so yeah so um again a fun matchup the problem is there's a lot of these cross promotional ones where because i don't know the opponents i i'm going to assume that given now, that suzuki has been on several AEW shows though are you talking about Suzuki-san? I guess. I don't know. He's like the guy with like the... Pa- he's like bald, but he's like patchy bald. Oh, yeah. The crazy grandpa guy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, mind you, he is kind of slow at this point. But he's a tough bastard. Uh, so it's him. Uh, so Okay, so it's him, Lasex Gods. And who's the other one? Uh, okay, so that's just it on their side. So, th- so the three of them. So this is yeah, uh, that's the, the trio's match. Okay, so that's okay. And, that's okay. And then you got, I think, on the other side, Wheeler Yuta and... Um, and uh, Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. from AW, and then Shota Umino. Okay, that one I don't know anything about. Suzuki, just for the record, is 54. Yeah, yeah, but he he, he looks like he's 80. I'm just, I'm just putting it out yeah. there. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, you know, either way, he's been through wars though. He he that dude is that dude's a tough guy, like a real tough guy. Um, sure. <clears throat> so big respect for him. Uh, I think. Um, the only issue that I have with a lot of this stuff, I think Sammy Guevara will fly around the ring. That'll be cool. Wheeler Yuta's great, and he's improving steadily as they go along. His association with the Blackpool, um, with the Blackpool Combat Club, has been really good for him um, because he is learning. He is learning under the master William Regal. Like he is, he's getting. He's got William Regal. He's got uh, Brian Danielson, and he's got John Moxley. 
it's kind of like helping them out. So that's a pretty good group of people to learn and, you know, share, share some notes with and ply the trade. You will learn how to do this properly with those folks helping you. I think, uh, they sex gods and Suzuki win this match though. Yeah, I think so. Because you've also got a, so this one is kind of telegraphed because you've got blood and guts coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. So like there will be the opportunity for, you know, the, um, the, uh, the revenge on Wednesday. And that's the bigger match. The blood and guts is going to be the bigger match of the two. So, yeah, I can see them getting the win here through nefarious, shady means in order to facilitate Wednesday and make it a bigger thing with the with the cage and everything. Yeah, for sure. Yep. yep. All right. Next uh, next match. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Cesaro. <laughs> Allegedly. Um if they get Cesaro, that would be awesome. That is the likely, obviously. That's the leader in the clubhouse of theories. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is great. Uh, now, that is going to be a more technical match. If it is yeah, that... Is, it's such a shame that Brian Daniels is injured for it this is, match. It is. It is. But it, it's not a bad way to bring in Cesaro, though, if you do. No, so if, if that's if that's what you're going to do, it gives you a legitimate excuse to bring him in. Because then because Brian Danielson then set it up, right? He made it a mystery, but at the same time, he gave qualifiers, which, you know... As a guy in this position, it makes sense. By the way, quick side point, when the last match happened where um, the Blackpool Combat Club was on the same side as Eddie Kingston against Chris Jericho and those guys, Brian Danielson was the guy who was like, look, I'll participate in this, but I don't really like Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston cost them that match with the, with the thing with the gasoline canister. Right. And Eddie Kingston... On every interview he's done in creation, hates Cesaro. So that'd be a really fun little way to put a dig of Brian Danielson dig at Eddie Kingston because then they come into the blood and guts thing and they're going to be on the same side as Eddie Kingston. So by the way, he you almost cost you cost us this match. I don't really actually like you, but you know what? My replacement, you also hate his guts, and he also doesn't like you. Yeah. I'm just putting I'm just putting that little seed in there. Just bear that in mind. If that's what it is, it'll add a little spice to the Eddie Kingston indirect Cesaro Association that neither one of them asked for. Yeah, I I, I think it probably is because I originally like when he was first talking, I'm like, oh, is this gonna be um, Bray Wyatt, right? Mm-hmm. But the more he talks about it, I'm like, no, it's not. I don't think it Bray is. Wyatt's not a technical guy. No, no. exactly. He's a exactly. character guy. He's really good at building characters, but he's not a he's not a technical wrestler. Exactly. Uh, you know, Claudio, because um, it'll most likely be Claudio uh, by that naming. Although, didn't he didn't he trademark or tra- attempt to trademark CSRO? Maybe, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to use it. I, maybe he will, but I, I genuinely don't know. But I'll, I'll say this. If it is him, he is a great technical wrestler. He is a powerhouse. Like, pound for pound, he's a super strong guy. He can do some very impressive things in the ring. He'd be an asset. It's going to be interesting to see where he fits into the overall grand scheme of things. Um, we'll have to see. But I, I'd be compelled. Like I said, there is a built-in story with him and Yeti Kingston not liking each other. So, like, there's a really, there's an immediate built-in thing. Like, without us having to do anything, you can just point it out, and immediately, boom, we have a little built-in mini-story with that. Yeah. So, it'd be an opportunity if you want to take advantage of it. I'd at least right. consider it. Next one, and which I think might be the match I am least looking forward to. Although, that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad match. Okay. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Mm. Also, I really didn't like the fact, uh, like, like I enjoyed the um, like FTR and um, Trent Beretta versus Osprey and United Empire thing that went on. The, it's been going on the last few weeks. Okay. Uh, I've enjoyed that, but I did not like seeing Osprey in the same match, even though it was a trios match with Orange Cassidy on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them for the first time. At this match, I can um, see the argument. I don't think it's going to. I mean, oh, I can see the argument. I just, yeah. I'm just saying it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, having seen Osprey, you know, several times, and and I, this is he's probably for me the most well known person on New Japan, like who the person yeah. I was most sure. familiar with. Yep. Uh, I, I feel they could have done better with an opponent for him. Well, Not to say he... that I don't dislike Orange Cassidy. I, I think for what he does, he's he's great at what he does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I feel like it's also less is more. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. The thing, though, is that Orange Cassidy doesn't wrestle most of the time. 
Like uh, there isn't much less. <laughs> less is well for a while. I mean, true, but initially for a while he was like on there all the time. Yeah, but but, but it hasn't but it hasn't been in a while. They they've scaled him back quite a bit. That is true. That so it's one true. of those things. Now here's what's going to be interesting. I agree with you for part of the concept, but I think what's going to happen, my opinion, I know the wrestler is actually you know the Orange Cassidy wrestler, is actually very good. He is one of the few guys that can keep up with Osprey in terms of speed. Um, so it's one of those things where he just hits on the afterburners and they just, just decide to go for a burner of a match, and that's the decision they make. Orange Cassidy can keep up. Right. So it's one of those things where they could just hit high octane, shock everybody. I, I don't know. Like They're going to have to be careful with it. Um, but I could see uh, if Osprey did something. like st- I'm just kind of booking how, the way I would book this. Right. I would have Osprey like, slap the taste out of his mouth to the point that he gets fired up, and it gives Orange Cassidy a reason to quote-unquote try. And then all of a sudden you got two guys who can go at full speed and then boom, just hit the accelerator. It doesn't have to be a long match, but if they both hit the accelerator at the same time and they go, yeah, uh, the audience will be like, they'll just be like, what the hell is going on? And if they, if they could surprise some people and it could be the sleeper. So to your point, it could be one that'll just be weird because of the dynamics of characters, or it could be a sleeper if they suddenly turn on the afterburners and go, we're going to go for a full out burner here. We're just yeah. going to go for 10 minutes, but you guys are never going to see this kind of speed outside of maybe like a Pac and a few other handful of other guys who have that kind of speed. Yeah. But these are two of the guys that have that kind of speed and elusiveness and weird moves. And you're not going to see it from anybody else. This combination is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. If they want to go that route, though, it could be kind of fun. It could be kind of a, well, that was a, that was right up there with Match of the Night by accident and we didn't expect it. Yeah. All right. Next one, which I am I'm looking forward to. I feel in some ways this could be a disaster mm-hmm. um, or it could be amazing, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. The winner take all Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Team Champions, FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn mm-hmm. versus Rapongi Vice. Okay, yeah, yeah. So obviously one, one tag team is going to lose uh, their belts. Mm-hmm. And you know, one tag team what potentially could be you know gain another one, or Mr. Pongi Vice gain two. Yeah, I think FTR wins this match. I think so. So this is the first one where I will propose that we'll have to see. It depends on what they want to do in terms of canon. It depends on what they want to do in terms of characters. The best friends are right now kind of all floating in space. Orange Cassidy's got his thing going on in the show. Rapungi Vice has got its thing going on in this show. But I don't know how they're going to decide to play around with this. I actually really like Trent in the ring. But he's one of those guys where if you're not going to set him up to win like a tag team championship. And I don't think this is going to happen on this show. Yeah. I'd almost like to see what would happen with the Trent Beretta if they decided to roll with him. I don't think they would. But if it was me, I would at least consider the possibility of turning him heel here. Maybe they lose the match. And he turns on his partner from a Pongi Vice and just walks away from the best friends and they go do their own thing for a while. Because Orange Cassidy can exist as his own entity. And, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, he can exist as his own entity. Trent could do his own thing. And um, uh, what's his name, the other guy, the Kentucky gentleman? Um, I don't know who. I, I always forget. Yeah, but regardless, he's actually good in the ring. But you could pair him up with somebody else for a while. Like, And by the way, you can reunite them later. I'm not saying forever. But I'm saying he could have a run where he does his own thing because... Rocky Romero. No, Rocky Romero's with Pongi Vice, but I mean his oh. other tag team and best friends. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the name escapes me. Uh, oh, is it Chuck? Hold on. It's, um, oh, Chuck something. Chuck uh, Taylor. Chuck Taylor, thank you. That's the one I was looking for. Yeah, so Chuck Taylor, I don't know what I don't know what he's doing right now, but it's one of those things. Chuck Taylor would be kind of the odd man out with it, but at the same time, I think you could probably pair him up with somebody else for now uh, just to do a thing. Again, it doesn't have to be forever. Um, I just feel like... Um, Right now, the best friends thing, unless you've got something for them to do, they're just kind of hanging around. Yeah. And it's kind of tricky, like, you know, play around with it. Like, right now, Trent, you could probably do a couple things with if you wanted to. I'd love to see a couple more guys that are eligible that are right in that, uh, you know, TNT championship mix. That'd be kind of fun. Or even with that additional belt, you're going to need some additional opponents, right? You could have a couple more singles guys. you still got plenty of tag teams, so don't even worry about that. You've got plenty of tag teams. But having a couple of guys available for that All-Atlantic Championship wouldn't be a terrible idea. Since it's a new division, right? You yeah. could have a guy like a Trent go after maybe that, at least be in contention for it. 
Chuck Taylor can compete for the TNT and they could do some stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect anything, but it, it wouldn't be a terrible time if you wanted to try something different. Yep, so I agree. 100%. That'd be my pitch for that one. Go on. All right, next up, which, I, again, I don't know if I like this. I, I mean, I guess I'm going to reserve whether I like this concept until the match happens because this is the All-Atlantic Championship match, yeah. which is a four-way, which has been a tournament, and I guess still is technically a tournament, but instead of doing semifinals and then a sem- final, they just combine that all into one. So you have Miro versus Pac versus Malachi Black versus Tomohiro Ishii. I think Ishii's out. Um, I could be mistaken because I thought Ishii was injured. Oh, that's check. possible. I don't know. I'm just this is what Bleacher Report has up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep keep going while you're going while you're going with it. Uh, I'll double check. Okay. Uh, I, I again, I think this is going to be. I, I don't know. I like the I like the I like the match because I like the people in it. But I don't know if I like that being the way this championship is decided. Uh, but I also feel this is Miro. I, I I don't see this going any other way than Miro winning it. Although now that Carlos has told us the shoe story, it is possible that based solely on that, that Malachi Black wins this match. It is possible. It is possible. Just saying. But I don't see this going to Ishii or whoever, if Carl, if I'm wrong, and this is outdated, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's going to be going to one of the AEW people, especially since they announced it, you know, as an AEW championship, da-da-da, and on the AEW show. Like, I don't, I don't know why you would create a belt and then put it on someone who's not in your promotion to start. Yep. So right. the answer is Ishii is out, and they replace him with another guy from New Japan named Clark Connors. Okay. So. Woo. No, I have no familiarity with him, so it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. It's like it could be great. Yeah, I I think if they specifically chose him as the replacement, they Tony Khan does a lot better scouting of New Japan than I do. So I have no doubt that he that he's got at least some credibility and some credentials in there, because uh, from what I can see, he's a gaijin. So if you're bringing in a white guy from New Japan, he probably can do something. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have just picked one of the other New Japan guys. So I also feel there may be more white guys from New Japan on this card than Japanese guys. Well, the thing is, like, New Japan over the years has become a lot more open to it. By the way, to their benefit. It's made their product better. It's also allowed, you know, them to... It's not obvious, because in the old days, you used to bring in these guys from, uh, from North America to be like the monster heels, but then in the end, they'd lose to the Japanese talent. But having these other folks come over who can win titles and do things and means that it feels more like it's competitive. And then when, if you win, then you earned it and it allows you to build a story. That's where Kenny Omega winning a championship works. That's where Jay White winning a championship works. Having, you know, Rapongi Vice has been champions in Japan. So like having that possibility means it's not a foregone conclusion when these guys compete for titles that, Oh, they're going to lose. Chris Jericho won the IWGP uh, intercontinental championship. It is better for the product. If it's possible for these guys to win so that, Oh, I can't just assume the Japanese guy's gonna win. Yeah, no, for sure. It's better for everybody. So we'll see. I don't know if they if he if they see him as some kind of talent, then this could be a showcase match for him. It's an opportunity knock situation mm-hmm. because Ishii's a name, so you replace. You know, it's not like you're just replacing any generic dude. Yeah, but I think that even that with that switch, it means I think it's even less likely that it goes to the Japanese wrestler. I think like so. I think it's from New Japan. I'm fairly confident. Yeah, I th- I feel like this is Miro's championship to win. Um, and I think it's, I think it's his, and then we'll see what he wants to do with it because he's already had two runs with the TNT Championship. I think two runs. Yeah. No. One, so this could two. be, but it could be a real banger a match. Yeah. So it'll be just another piece of gold for Miro to. Uh, I listened to an interview that he did on Fightful, um, where he talked about it just before this this pay per view is coming up here. So he did chat about it a little bit. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, he's speaking half in character, half outside of character, the usual kind of way you have to play it. But I think he's I think he's excited at the prospects ahead of him. He's interested in a lot of what the possibilities are for him creatively and such. Uh, uh, Sean Ross Sapp did say it correctly. He goes, you know, I, like after you're done feuding with God, are you going to do this? Like, you know, he goes, and he goes, you know, I, you know, are you going to start talking to God again? He goes, he talks to me every day. And he goes, has he told you to kind of quit it with the thing? He goes, am I still talking? He goes, yep. <laughs> so at least they're playing into it and they're having some fun with it. So that's good. I do feel this is Miro's championship to win. And he could certainly make build up the title. He could certainly build up the title and make it interesting. I still don't know what purpose it serves as, a, as another title. But look, if he has a good dominant run with it and has some good opponents and they do some good stuff with it, I'm fine with it. And I still think you can do one of them on Rampage and one of them on and one of them on on Dynamite, and it'd be fine. 
Yep, agreed. So you, it can be done. Like, make Rampage Miro show and have him defend the championship consistently on Rampage. Fine. Yeah. We get a Miro match every every week. Awesome. I would be okay with that, at least for a while. Yeah, that's what I say. Give him a chance. Or do it every other week, whatever. Make that the place where he hangs out, does some promos, and then does matches. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have the the only non-inter-promotional um, match. Yeah, the ladies' for the match? the AEW Women's Championship. Yep. The worst book champion they've ever had, Thunder mm-hmm. Rosa. Even though Pretty I much. quite like Thunder Rosa, I just think she's been booked horribly. Yeah, no, versus Tony Storm. Yeah. So this is so this is the second one where I think it would benefit everybody if you actually did the thing. And the thing to me is obvious. The saving grace. I think I mentioned it to you already. The way you salvage this is you turn Thunder Rosa heel. You have her went through nefarious means. That extends this feud. It gets you forward to another match. You can build up to another match. So, But it gives you an excuse. It gives you an impetus. We didn't have anything coming into this. We just had a match. But now, Thunder Rosa retains the title by nefarious means, You know, denounces the, denounces the, the company and the crowd for not showing her the same respect as the previous champions, blah, 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 whatever. The point is, now, I'm going to keep this title at all costs. Screw the lot of you. Enter Tony Storm. I'm taking that belt from you. Blah, blah, blah. And now we'll set it up so that we can, you know, fight the next couple of weeks. She tries to avoid it. She eventually gets goaded into it or forced into defending the title at a big show. You can do a big special or you can do the next pay-per-view. I don't care. But just set it up so that you already know where that next uh, title defense is going to be. And you build to the title defense so that next time we have a build leading into it. And now it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I I think... I think that is the only way you can salvage it, Carlos. Yeah, this is your shot. Like right now is your opportunity to get, you can save the last piece of Thunder Rosa's title reign here. Because I think if you do this, what I suggest, then Tony Storm's winning the title. But you can salvage it so that we, we, we can fix a lot of, of the wrongs that we had up until this point. So we can still have one good feud concluding here. Yeah. And I think that's the play right now. Because as soon as you put Tony Storm in this position, I kind of like, you kind of have to put her in this spot and just give her the damn belt then. And I would still, I still love to see Statlander down the road. I still feel like Statlander's another future champion waiting in the wings on this one. Do you, now, granted, saying what you've said, mm-hmm. which I agree with, yeah. do you think that is what is going to happen? I really don't know. I genuinely have no idea. I don't, like I said before, Tony Khan's not stupid, but he is a little bit of a mark. We talked about this. Like, sometimes he gets fixated on an idea and he just sticks with it. And like whatever that idea is, I don't know what I don't know what the idea is. I don't know how he sees Thunder Rosa. Um, for me, it's the best of both worlds. We can salvage Thunder Rosa, make her character more interesting, give her some new life. She can be frustrated losing to Tony Storm after after we build it up towards that. Can be a source of more frustration for her. It can be a thing. You know what? You could have some fun with if you really wanted to. You could have some fun with this. You could have a moment. She's so infuriated and so angry. That at the same time you're doing this, this is me fantasy booking, so I'm trying, I'm saving y'all. So at All the right. same time this is happening, at some point what we're going to have is we're going to have a situation where Britt Baker is probably going to disband with Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. But you figure it out. If, if you do it right, you could have a thing where Jamie Hayter is a face coming out of it. What if you end up in a situation where you create strange bedfellows out of a weird situation, and there's so much anger and things built up to the point that somehow... Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker end up joining forces as two heels who are pissed off. That would be funny. And that'd be kind of fun. And you could even have tag team matches with champion Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter against Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Yep. That'd be a fun match. We could have that. We could have a little bit of a feud going on with it. And then you all of a sudden you got a couple of mix and match combinations. Britt Baker can take a shot at Tony Storm. Thunder Rosa can try to get another shot at Tony Storm. You can have Jamie Hayter around doing something. Maybe that's your opportunity to start move shifting towards a TBS championship run. The point is, all of a sudden you create this little mini faction, little mini faction warfare in between, just to have some fun and kill some time. And give everybody something to do for a little while. All of a sudden I gave you four people who suddenly have something to do. Yeah, because they're not, I mean, let's be real. They're not really doing a heck of a lot with their women's division. Yeah. But right, right there. they have they have one women's match each show, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, right. And I've given you, including the buy-in matches, there are eleven matches on this card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. One of which is a women's match. Yeah. Well, the problem is they couldn't find a way to shoehorn Jade Cargill in there. 
Now, is it? Because I, I, I don't know this. I should, but I don't. Um, does New Japan have a women's division? Nope. Okay. Yeah, if you wanted to try to do some kind of crossover, you would have had to reach out for like Stardom, because Stardom is the is the Japanese promotion. Stardom, by the way, would have been an easy if you could have found a way to incorporate Stardom. Um, you could have had a lot of matches because both Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter uh, did a lot of business at Stardom. I think even Britt Baker did as well. I think she even did a little run in Stardom as well, like a little thing in between in her travels. So a lot of these women would actually have some history with some of the women in Stardom. So you could have actually been like, actually, these have had a match here and here and here and blah, 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 as it turns out. Because, because there is some history with a bunch of them, and it's like, it would actually make sense. I could actually pull up tape for you, and we could show, hey, here are them fight, competing in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, but they but because they didn't set that up, it's not it's not there right now. Um, but yeah, uh, that's why I proposed it the way that I said. I said, by doing one thing, by doing a Thunder Rosa heel turn, if we position this correctly, set it up, the thing that I said with the Britt Baker and the other one can be happening at the same time on the side, but you see it, so this is happening over here, but then the Tony Storm Thunder Rosa thing's happening over here. It leads to the Thunder Rosa loss here. The frustration of that and this frustration of this happening over here eventually somehow leads into these two who had feuded and had had, you know, battles and things, deciding to join forces as, as double evil. Yeah. Which, by the way, could then work because Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter have also been rivals who now suddenly find themselves defending against these other two. And by the way, they all have history. I didn't have to make it up. It's all there. It's all in front of you. It's a lot easier to book because it's like, oh, okay, that actually kind of makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, okay. It writes itself, Dave. It writes itself. Indeed it does, Carlos. This is why AEW should hire you, but I've said that before. And I probably will say it again. All right, next. All right, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. This will be fun. Again, a four-way. Jay White, who Hmm. is the current champion. Versus Hangman Adam Page versus mm. Adam Cole versus Okada. If you prefer Kazuchika Okada, to the death. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of think that I like it. First of all, I think it'll be good. I think mm-hmm. this is one where 100 percent the New Japan version is going to win. Yeah, JY JY retains the title. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Th- there's, but I feel like, yeah, okay. This we got some good stuff here. This should be enjoyable. And yeah, I believe Jay White walks out the champion as he currently is or retains, you know, yeah, he should. Still. Yeah, he should. The, the, the thing coming out of this, there's two things to keep an eye out for. Number one, does Okada hit the Rainmaker? I say, yes. I think he pulls off the Rainmaker at one point, but somehow the pin gets interrupted. I think he pulls off the Rainmaker, but I think there'll also be a couple of false alarms where he almost hits the Rainmaker and something prevents it. And then he does end up hitting it once he hits the Rainmaker once for what it looks like is going to be the end of the match. And then somebody else hits their finisher, gets him out of the way, and then takes it. Probably Jay White. So that that's one thing I would keep an eye out for. Second thing I would keep an eye out for is the interaction between Jay White and Adam Cole. Does this sow the seed for dissension for down the road? Do you set it up with something because Jay White retains, but Adam Cole was about to betray him because they already teased this with the with the belt shot that he was going to take, and he was holding and looking at him. He goes like, "Which person are you actually trying to hit? You already laid the groundwork." So that's the second thing to keep an eye on in identifying this match. So these are two things for you to keep an eye on for this mm-hmm. match. Otherwise, the match should be fun. I agreed. Yep. All right. And then finally, which I imagine will be the main event, mm-hmm. the a- interim AW World Championship, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes, John Moxley. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it will be, again, should be a good match. I wish CM Punk was there. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that match, but uh, I don't know. Well, I, I still don't know how I fully feel about John Moxley. I don't know if I like him or not. Well, I think I think that's the point of his character. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of on that borderline. Here's what I'll say: I think if it's going to be interim and they have to have it defend for a couple of months or a month or two, um, he's actually an excellent choice for an interim champion um, to fill in that gap because he has the requisite level of kind of toughness that you need, and he 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 can be the champion. And by the way, he can talk on the microphone. He can do what he needs to do. He's fine. Um, and he's in the game right now. And then you can have promos with the Blackpool Combat Club, by, which, who, by the way, I enjoy. You could have Will and Regal there be kind of an you know, advisor slash manager of the AW champion in the meantime. So that'd be kind of fun. You could set up some matches. I would take advantage then, though, if you do mocks. I would take advantage, and I would have him defend the title a little bit more than normal for a champion in the interim. Get him into some title matches a little bit more regularly, 
just to kind of get the belt out there and let's let's put it up for grabs a couple of times on tv give yeah. some people some competitive matches let's give them a shot you're not going to make that the norm but right now you've got an interim title put it out there give them a couple put a couple of title matches on tv and give people all right titles on the line we're doing it and that's the main event you got to do it yeah yeah for sure because because you could give a couple different guys a shot I wouldn't Malachi Black and and John Moxie for the AEW Championship on the main event of a Dynamite sound good? That'd be fun. Absolutely, I, mean, I think people would enjoy it. You could do a couple different get let people have a couple of stabs at it. You could have a couple of guys who maybe aren't quite ready and make it kind of interesting for them. Look, what if you do a random thing where you just decide, all right, guys, you know what? We're gonna pick. We're, we've got a list of guys. We're gonna pick one of them. Moxie. You're taking on Wardlow for the championship. Wardlow fights him and then they hang in there. They have a great match. Moxie gets him just at the end on Guile alone, just because he's a veteran and he, and he knows everything and he knows all the tricks. But Wardlow gets that close to taking the title. People are like, oh my God, he's actually going to win the title. You let him feel like it's going to happen. And then Moxie's still a savvy veteran. He knows how to get out of the situation and win. He still finds a way to win, hangs on to the title, but Wardlow got that close, planting the seeds for the future. Yeah. You can do it. Sure. You can have a great match. Those guys could have a great match. It'd be fun. I, I agree. And then we finally get Manifest Destiny, Dave. Finally, our destiny is fulfilled. And after, that, and after that moment, where Wardlow nearly ascends, at last he is awarded his God-given right. He becomes our first ever Hoss Fight Champion. As, as, as In accordance with the prophecy. In accordance with the prophecy, as we finally get the Hoss Fight division we all want. And if, if by we, we mean the two of us. Listen, I would merge the Hoss Fight Championship with the All-Atlantic. Let's, Let's just do make it. This. Yeah, I would Let's... rather have a Hoss Fight Championship belt than I would the All-Atlantic. Yeah, sure. which would make Miro being the All-Atlantic champion even better. We can have a unification match. Hoss <laughs> Fight! Hoss yeah. Fight! Do it. Do it. Um, are you sad that Wardlow's not on this card? Ah, uh, no, no, no. For right now, the way they've got this card, there's nothing that makes sense for him. You'd literally have to shoehorn something in there. It'd be like, um... Do we have a large Japanese man somewhere? Well, yeah, we got a couple. Uh, all right, Wardlow, you and large guy. <laughs> it's like, we, right. we don't even have the Hoss Fight Championship yet. Uh, true. This is the Hoss Fight Championship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a question for you, right? Uh, any chance MJF shows up at this pay-per-view? I hope, hope zero. <laughs> that, 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 uh, there's a better chance of me, uh, of me finally giving Tom Brady praise. Wow. Much higher. Wow. Way higher. That's, that's saying something, Carlos. That is saying something. Yeah, there's there's not there's nowhere where he fits. Even if you want to do a storyline thing, there's nowhere where he fits. He, he'd just be like a random like, and it would take the attention away because this is a super show. That's why I was very picky about the spots where I said this could be a spot where you could do something. Like honestly, I'm not even joking. The Thunder Rosa heel turn to me is a spot that actually makes sense because it doesn't end the story. It actually is the impetus for a new story coming out of the pay-per-view which suddenly gives them a reason for being in each other's gravitational pull going forward yeah for so sure. it, yeah so it's not, it actually makes more sense <clears throat> for it to happen in this as the setup to the next match because all of a sudden you need a second match it makes sense to have a second match you can actually do that with reason mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like all right you're the number two number one contender number three contender whatever uh here's a match yeah exactly now, now Tony Storm would have a legitimate grievance, a real beef that she could be like, hey, what the heck? This was my championship opportunity. You screwed me over on this. What the hell? And then roll with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there aren't too many spots where it makes sense. A lot of these are kind of like, it's going to be a good match in isolation, but it's a throwaway long term. Long term, yeah. the outcome doesn't matter. This one could have some ramifications long term because they're both in the AW universe and they could have consequences going forward. So take advantage of that. If Since we've got these two here, do something with them that leads to the next thing so we can then, then by the time we get to Blood and Guts, we can start having a discussion of what happens with these two. Yeah, for sure. I think that'd be good. I agree. for everybody. All right. Better, anything else you want to add to uh, our discussion about Forbidden Door Crows? House fight! <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I ask for, Dave. I, I don't feel like I ask for much. I just want my house fight champion. What if they put, what if they put uh, house fight... They took they took the, they took the division, mm. but they created it. And they said, "But the inaugural match for the championship will take place on Fight Island." Dude, you're like trying to break the internet right now. 
You are literally like it's like it's you are combining all the memes, all the memes, dear lord. Hey man, I'm just saying. Let's say, Fight Island was classic. Ah, single tier. The classic <laughs> days of Fight Island. Ah, memories. Moving on. Yes. Anyway, I know. I think that's it for Forbidden Doe. I'm gonna have fun. I, I, like I said, it's 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 a weird kind of middle show, but I think the matches are gonna be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it as an overall show, as a presentation. I'm looking forward to it, but it is gonna be weird. It's gonna be very strange in the sense that a lot, of, like I said, a lot of these matches really aren't gonna have immediate consequences uh, by the next show. So it's it's kind of like I said, it's a weird standalone show. That's like I said, it's still gonna be fun in its own way. Yeah. So that'll be good. Uh, and outside of that, yeah, I got that. And then uh, I got some World Series of Poker. I'm going to see if Phil Ivey wins an 11th bracelet. Let's go. I'm back on uh, watching some uh, watching some uh, some live poker, so that's fun for me. Good stuff. Yes, indeed. All right. Anything else we want to touch on then? No, man. I think that was a good conversation. There we go. So that is episode 136, Forbidden Door Preview and Carlos Storytime. And my feud with Don Cherry continues. Just saying. Indeed. Yep. The good news is my plan is to just outweigh him. Which is pretty much a given you will win. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. It's like, what happened? I was like, I won. How? Default? How old is Don Jerry right now? He's like, 88. 88. 89. Yep. I got you, Don. You're mine! Because you know who I got on my side? Time. True story. The feud to continue. Uh, alas, a feud that's better booked, even though nobody planned it. A better feud booked than the AEW Women's Championship. Dang. Ooh, <laughs> but so true. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, so that's it for us. Uh, future episodes coming up on YouTube, so you can check it out there. Otherwise, iTunes, Spotify, when I remember to put up the audio version. Indeed. Hashtag sponsors. And that'll be it for us. We'll catch you in the next one.